good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, breakfast somewhere. So eat up. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Okay, language and media. Huh. You know, I've remained uh, neutral and basically tacit regarding various social issues as well as being apolitical here. Um, but as time goes on, it appears to me that there are changes that have been taking place that I have deemed alarming. Notice carefully how I say what I say. I have deemed alarming. This is my opinion. Now, I realize that everyone has one, um, but this is not my point. We're, we're so polarized, and I'm obviously not saying anything that is not widely known that we're basically either walking on eggshells or we're forced to take a side as if there's no middle ground or no gray area or no chance of holding some viewpoint that maybe from one side of a socio-political spectrum and some from another with various degrees in between. That doesn't seem to exist anymore. It seems to me that language itself has been hijacked and weaponized. Yes, language is a living dynamic system. Of course, it changes over time. But it's also worth considering the drivers of that change. How much of it is because of the dominance of a particular segment of society versus the need to refine an actual meaning versus politicizing words, phrases, and syntax? One of the obvious accelerators in society in recent years is social media. Social media has given rise to its own code, so to speak, its own vernacular and the usage of it within its particular architecture, which itself is changing. Then there's the acceptance of illiteracy, even within the usage of social media, which, if perhaps delivered with enough persuasion and confidence, even with an attitude of, you wouldn't dare even question my usage right now, and from someone with enough popularity, Said illiteracies can often become parroted by enough people to become mainstream. Hence, declaring the initiator's unquestioned dominance while doing no favors for society whatsoever. The parrots are begging for acceptance, now driven by fear, fear of being ostracized. But what I'm seeing evolve and eventuate as of late, and at an alarmingly accelerated pace, is freedom of speech as well as freedom of the press changing, evaporating, and basically being squelched and being done so by media outlets who seem to behave in such a way as to circumvent the actual constitutional right to freedom of speech given to citizens in the supreme law of the land, which by extension of thought is also behaving as being above the law and with a firewall of excuses and even legal loopholes to protect its snobbish and disdainfully arrogant position. Evidenced by this behavior, these digital networks cannot possibly be acting neutrally or in the interest of the citizenry's right to free speech. 
observing the shadow banning and blocking and suspension of accounts over questionable accusations proves it. The counter-argument is that they're private companies and have that right. But their selectivity regarding content betrays that argument. The criteria must be balanced, and there's more than enough evidence to prove otherwise. There's a gross imbalance. Secondly, I personally feel that the argument is weak because just where are the limitations of exercising freedom of speech defined? It doesn't appear to be anywhere in the Constitution. Of course not. They didn't have internet back then. (laughs) In my opinion, there's at least a tacit implication, if not understanding, of the universality of that freedom. Social media notwithstanding. I'm sure that reveals quite a bit about my personal perspective of the Constitution. That it doesn't need to be rewritten, regardless of how many amendments it's endured. It should be protected now more than ever, and preserved simply because its provisions protect its citizens and that rewriting it in this time and climate could easily endanger it to absolute or partisan whimsy. Personally, I couldn't think of a worse time to entertain that, but that's just me. One network actually removed a private message that I sent to my friend and slapped me on the wrist by sending me a private message explaining why they did so. The reason was because they felt that I was disseminating false information. Now, first of all, I didn't get a fact check, which is also often questionable as to the absolute neutrality and reliability of some fact checkers. But above and beyond all is this. Two people in a friendship have established mutual understanding and rules, so to speak. They know what is taboo. They know and understand the threshold of each other's sensitivity, and their dynamic just might be healthy enough to agree to disagree and engage in healthy discourse. What a concept now. That's almost like talking about some imaginary paradise. So they most certainly know on which subjects they agree and those which they disagree. And therefore, when a private message is sent, it is sent with the understanding that the receiving party will understand it and not be influenced by or to act upon false information, especially information that could be damaging to that person. Information that these parties are accustomed to sharing. It's a shared interest. So why on earth, and moreover, how on earth, does a network like that give themselves the right to tell me what I can or cannot share privately with my friend without anyone else in the entire world seeing or knowing about it? This appears eerily similar to thought police accusations of thought crimes. I mean, huh? Are you joking me? I can understand if I posted something that was unfounded and arguably outlandish and could be steeped in a thinly cloaked social or political motive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But a private message to my friend with content of which the veracity could possibly be argued at length is just simply out of order. It's out of order. It's nobody's business. 
also because it doesn't contain any threats whatsoever to anyone or anything. I mean, what's next? Getting email replies saying, sorry, you can't send that cartoon. We have declared it offensive. <laughs> what? That's one instance. The second one, and yes, this has devolved into a bitch fest wine, in case you haven't noticed by now, but I, I really don't care, is having a verification mark removed. And strangely, a day or maybe two after I replied to a post that I believe and would actually bet that most people would think is rather ridiculous and nonsensical in its internal content, which was an amazing display of disconnected ideas strung together as though one actually did have something to do with the other, which was clearly not the case. In fact, if I were pressed to define it, I'd probably call it gaslighting. So what was the result of my reply to the absurd post, which, of which my reply basically said, quote, what the actual FFF, end quote, question mark, I was suddenly no longer verified. Wow. Coincidence? Yeah, maybe, perhaps. But then anyone with a modicum of common sense and even a double-digit IQ could possibly think otherwise in light of some of the extreme activity going on in that digital sphere as of late. Just absurd stuff. Absurd. So I would actually advise looking at the language well, not being unduly influenced by it or pressured into adopting it. Notice the new buzzwords and phrases which are bandied about with the result of our minds being changed about issues from just from skillful wordplay. Reimagine is one that comes to mind. It's a lovely sounding word and actually quite disarming sounding as well, isn't it? It kind of has that dreamy quality, you know, the kind where your wishes come true and just click your heels together three times. But contextually, what exactly does it mean? Well, just look at how many times we may hear it in the exact same context, perfectly parroted by so many talking heads and figures that it would be very easy to think, wow, that sounded completely scripted. I mean, it would. It would be very, very easy to think that. I've actually seen more than one video clip of several people on various TV stations and channels saying the exact same phrase. When it's viewed that way, seeing something like 10 people in a row saying the same phrase and buzzword, it's not, it's not too difficult to put on a tinfoil hat and wonder if that's purposeful or not. Programming, as in a television program. Milton Erickson was able to hypnotize people in an indirect way. One could say without them realizing it or feeling like they were being hypnotized or taken advantage of or however one would word that. He also influenced newer linguistic programming, which at the very least could be said to contain techniques to influence a person or people. So again, we see language at the core of this. Couple that with skillful presentations and editing of imagery and voila not to mention certain frequencies and wave transmission characteristics contained in the visual delivery over television screens. But let's, let's stay here with language. A basic definition could be a structured, systematic means of communicating ideas, thoughts, and feelings. So 
here we are with our musical language, our specific way of transmitting ideas. I believe that Shakespeare had the same alphabet that we do now. Now, most of us are not, nor will be Shakespeare, but something interesting to consider is, given the chance, would we rather sound like Shakespeare, if possible, or some social media user that can't spell, but is trying to force that upon us, to make us think they're cool and change language. Just a thought. It's about what we strive for and what we value as a society. It reveals a lot, actually. The word reveal itself tells you. It's a reveal of our thoughts and ideas that we communicate to one another. How will we do it? It's about respect as well for each other, ourselves, and the language. It has power. Hence, politicians and influencers and talking heads and rhetoricians. They stand there and do what? Talk. Sometimes loudly, sometimes softly, but always persuasively. But that's what they do. That's all that they do. They talk. No physical interaction is made. Only audible and visual. Yet just by talking, they can change societies, cultures, countries, history, the world. That's pretty amazing to think about, actually. So when we express ourselves through music, without getting ahead of ourselves here, because this can extrapolate quite a bit, but won't right now, because this is just food for thought and a stepping stone for extrapolating and extending thought, blah, blah, blah. When we express ourselves, do we want to sound like a poet or an auctioneer? A well-written page-turner novel or some obtuse baffling with BS explanation or story that has the unwritten attitude of, I'm so smart that you'll feel stupid for not grasping what I'm saying or writing to you right now, and you'll have to reread it once more and maybe two more times. Which will it be? Obviously, the answer will depend on one's psychological motive as well. But point made here, it's easy to say, oh, well, well, there's room for everything. But that's not what I'm saying or even making a case against. There's room to poop your pants, too when you're two, or even 92, but not when you're 22. So going beyond the what do you want to say and how do you want to say it idea might be, do you respect yourself and others to want to communicate to them in a way that conveys respect for our common means of communicating and contribute to the evolution of language itself in a way that shows that society is evolving rather than devolving, even if there is slang, and certain vernacular involved or not. Because how we communicate our ideas to one another will be a large determinant of our survival, well-being, and progress. Now, what's the common thread here, and how does that all have some commonality with musical communication? Just one huge example might be contained in two people alone, Miles Davis and John Coltrane. They changed a lot in musical language. Yet they understood the meaning in doing so. None of it was trite or just for the sake of self-indulgence. They knew and discovered or uncovered new ways of communicating that expressed so much, which has devolved by and large in society in general now. Now some may argue that that's okay. As I said earlier, we need to be able to agree to disagree. Or if we can't have civil discourse anymore, or the freedom to have it, then we, 
are practically doomed. And when I say by and large, I see a reflection of a largely corporate world taken over by monopolies, exercising power that's rivaling nation states as well as their wealth. And I see a difference in the zeitgeist now as opposed to then. But that's partly what history teaches us and what it's for. It informs us of what shaped us, good, bad, and ugly, as well as what has been preserved and what's been lost or neglected. The spirit of that discovery, coupled with the excellence with which those two men operated, should not only inform us and be a reminder, but to inspire us, viscerally, where we feel it in our bones, to be that and to operate that way, to communicate that way. Society wasn't separate from them. They didn't exist in the underbelly of society. They were on the vanguard of society. They lived in the highest creative realms as well as in the halls of intelligentsia to this day. But not exclusively. Primetime TV hosted them. Talk shows, interviews with people like Bill Evans and Leonard Bernstein were available to be absorbed into the life of everyone. This is the analog of which I'm speaking. The respect for the language and for the communication of it. It wasn't weaponized either then, certainly not the way that it is now. So putting things in that perspective, it might do us well to look more closely at that and what we say, as well as to what we listen and how we listen, how attentive we actually are. And maybe then we'll speak more authentically and with the real confidence of knowing that we have mutual respect in our words, our writing, and music and art. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for making this podcast possible. The Rode Podcaster and their amazing microphones and equipment. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny.